welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with T. Frank Carr. First of all, T. Frank, a real gamer playing Hurt today. Well, yeah, uh, I'll be all right. I'm on the other side of uh, of, uh, of an injury sustained during play, so we're we're working through it, but we'll be all right. A real gamer. It's like, what is it? You can play hurt, but don't play injured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really more than work. It affects sleeping and uh, and well and working. So, you know, the other ten minutes of the day when I'm not doing those things, I feel pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if you could muddle through our show today, T. Frank. Like I said, I know you're a gamer. You're going to gut it out with a tremendous performance. At least that's what my expectation is. T. Frank, today it's all about the transfer portal. We've talked about it in the past on our show in general, the portal. But I want to get down to specifics with Penn State. How they've used the transfer portal where they're at right now, and where they're headed. So going in order, let's talk a little bit about how they used the portal in the past. And I think if we just go back to last season, overall, they they brought in a handful of uh, players. Just having Arnold D. Bikini come in, I think you have to call the portal a success for them last season. Sure, yeah, and, and Derek Tangelo provided good uh support on the interior i mean if they didn't have him they would have been in real trouble after pj mustfer went down with an injury and and that's also value in the portal it doesn't have to just be stars it can be guys and i know eric wilson gets a lot of flack for being a part of an offensive line that didn't run block very well but he was penn state's best pass protector last year so he was you know i i talked to him actually last week in an interview and what he was explaining was he hadn't played football in two years, essentially, because of the COVID uh, opt-out and, and cancellation of the Ivy League season. So he came into training camp not having actually played football outside of the summer where the individual workouts that the team puts together, the players put together, into training camp. So he was taking double reps with the twos and threes just to get ready to play football. And then he was one of Penn State's better offensive linemen when it comes to his overall production and his pass protection. So that's another win. You know, if Sal Wormley doesn't get is is injured and you don't have Eric Wilson, that's a huge problem. Who are you going to? And, and the reason what I said at the beginning of the season, you don't bring a guy like Eric Wilson in unless you think he can play for you. And even though he didn't start after Wormley was the guy that went in uh, or went out and they put in Anthony Wigan, um, I think it's pretty clear that they, their preference was that he get up to speed as quickly as possible. But they were thinking it was going to take him till I don't know, maybe the Auburn game. And then he had to do it right out of the gate. So long way around to say that Arnold Abikidi was a huge win. But the depth and the and the role players, I think, are the real thing you need to get kind of like in free agency. Sure, you're going to get a couple of stars, and, and it's not the NFL, so you don't have to pay a max contract for them. And you can go get stars in the, in the transfer portal. But the portal robs you of your depth. It, it robs you of your upperclassmen that don't play for you. So you need to go find other guys to fill those roles. 
and I, and I think Penn State did a great job with that last year. Johnny Dixon, I think, was a bonus in a lot of ways of a guy who could come in, play special teams, be a depth and rotation player, but also solve the problem for the future of they needed another corner for the 22 season, and it, I think it's worked out pretty perfectly so far with him uh, you know, sliding into a co-starter role, maybe a quasi-starter role uh, at the cornerback position this year, or at least he'll have the opportunity to try and do that. You know, you make a very good point, T. Frank, with the depth issue. And another thing, and I'll give credit to our own Ross Tucker for talking about this with Eric Wilson, is even if you weren't crazy about his performance, he was starting, which means he was better than whatever alternative they had. So just that fact alone meant it was an improvement. And by just mentioning Ibikiti, I didn't mean to diminish uh, Derek Tangelo, who who played a very nice role. And as you said, after P.J. Mustafer went down, thank goodness they had brought him in. So, you know, let's now look forward to this season and the players that they've already brought in through the uh, transfer portal. I'm going to start with Mitchell Tinsley, the wide receiver from uh, Western Kentucky, I'm not sure after the uh, 21 season, wide receiver was the first position I said, boy, they better look to the transfer portal. But with that said, if you could bring in a Mitchell Tinsley, you bring him in, right? Yeah, and I've been been told that people I've had this conversation with about Mitchell Tinsley and, and my personal admiration for his game is yeah well western kentucky throws the ball a lot so he gets force fed a lot of targets if you look at the way he was used last season he was used he was not the leading receiver early in the year uh and he was their boundary receiver so he was on a lot of bubble screens he was blocking because he's 6'2 202 so he's a bigger receiver and then Western Kentucky, I think halfway through the season, realized what they had in him as a deep threat and as a big play guy. He ended the season with double-digit targets in, I think, the last six games of the season and just, you know, put up bananas numbers, but also did that consistently throughout the year. Like, he was putting up big plays throughout the beginning of the season as well. So, to me, it's not just about the volume of targets he got to, to manufacture those yards. It was how he was getting those targets, and how the narrative at Western Kentucky changed. And then, um, you know, James Franklin was telling us during the uh, National Signing Day about how his coach came, uh, his Western Kentucky, one of the coaches from Western Kentucky, came up to them at an AFCA event and said, you guys need to look at Mitchell Tinsley. Like, he he entered the portal, and then his coaches went to bat to get him a good spot. So... I think that tells you what his coaching staff thinks of him and what sort of player he is. So that's a huge get. And and this is the other thing that I, I was saying last season is Malik Mega had a really good game against Rutgers where he was not covered on an 80-yard touchdown. I, he caught the ball and ran real fast. That's great. And I'm not trying to diminish what he did. But we didn't see a breakout from him. We did not see a breakout from Keandre Lambert-Smith. If you're expecting that, just look at any other position where there's been flashes but not a consistent performance and then, you know, copy and paste that to 21 and then to 22. So I think it's not as much hedging your bets as it is condensing it, where you now know what you have in Parker Washington. You have Mitchell Tinsley. Either of those can be your lead receiver, and then the depth there at that other boundary position uh, can, can work itself out. 
with the freshmen you have coming in as well, and, and we talk a lot about Caden Saunders. Anthony Ivey is also a pretty good route runner. It, it, we'll see if he is... Uh, not everybody's going to be involved next season. Somebody's going to get a red shirt. So there's depth and talent now, and there is options, where before it was... You had Keandre Lambert-Smith playing because he had to. They didn't have anybody else that had stepped up. A, a couple points. You brought up Malik Megan is one big play. Uh, if that one big play is what translates into, you know, an outbreak, we're still waiting for Daniel George after his uh, big catch. What is it now? Four years ago, right? Five yards, right? And that's that's kind right? of my point. Is I I I made that mistake with Daniel George because the physical talent was there, and the you know the size, the speed, the what you wanted to see, you could see if you if if you so so choose or so chose to do that, and and. You got to see more than a couple of plays. The the other point to make is at wide receiver, you're putting three of them on the field often. At least a two deep, you want to play. You're looking for four, yeah. five, six wide receivers to contribute. So when you bring yeah. in a Mitchell Tinsley, it's not necessarily an indication you're unhappy with the others. It all of a sudden gives you more depth everybody who may have been the number two the number three now have to fill number three and number four roles which will be yeah. easier for them to do right so keandre lambert smith can be your deep threat keandre lambert smith can just fill in that role where he excelled as okay i'm gonna every every game or every fourth game i'm gonna catch a 57 yard pass and it's gonna look awesome but he doesn't have to be the target on the RPO on the first play of the down or the first play of the drive where he's targeted in single coverage on every play. He doesn't have to step up and fill more roles. He can go earn those things now, but you're not expecting him to be the X receiver. You know, you're not expecting him to be the big bodied physical guy. And uh, now you, you have more options there. Obviously a, a great pickup. Now we shift to the offensive line where there's Hunter Norzad. And offensive line is another one of those positions like wide receiver. You always have five of them on the field. If you want to have a two deep, that's ten players that you want to have uh, some confidence in putting them on the field. I don't think yeah. Penn State has, you know, finished the 21 season with all of us saying, yeah, I feel comfortable with the top ten offensive linemen. You needed quality and quantity there. And it starts with the transfer portal with Hunter Norzad. He was um, very much in demand coming from Cornell. Tell us a little bit about him. So I, I'll start with the part I don't know. And I, the part that I don't think anybody really knows at the moment, maybe other than Penn State, if they got measurables on him. And, th and then that is his size. Because he was listed 6'4", 300 pounds at Cornell, which is the or the exact same dimensions as Eric Wilson. So Ivy League offensive lineman coming in around 300 pounds. I can, you can already hear the comparisons and some of the eye rolls about what are you doing, bringing in the same thing. That didn't really work. And we started the segment saying, yes, it did work. Hunter Norzett is a different football player. Physical, strong, violent run blocker. He played right tackle for Cornell, so he's got the feet to play on the interior as a quality pass blocker. Uh, I see him as a center, so it, I don't think it's 100% locked in that Juice Scruggs will be the center next season because I, I, I just see things about his profile that would translate really well to that position as somebody who is going to be in on a lot of double teams. So 
the way it kind of works is depending on which side you run the ball to is which guard is a part of a double team. Now, there's two ways you can go about doing that, just eyeballing this in my head. If, if Landon Sangwell is one of your guards and Hunter Norris adds the other, then you've got a physical, violent blocker at each guard position, and Juice Scruggs is double teaming and helping in those situations. Or you put Norzad there, and whichever way you run the ball, you've got a dude that is going to launch himself into the defensive tackle and move people off the ball. He's got the ar longer arm length than I expected. That's the one thing on film that doesn't look right to me, but he is playing tackle when I'm watching him on film. Um, so, and, and again, at, at center, it's less of an emphasis to have that elite arm length than it is even at guard, and especially tackle. So he can fit in any of the three interior positions. That gives Penn State flexibility, depth, and a veteran starter. And for people that think because I said that Juice Scruggs, you know, like somebody else could play center, both those guys are going to be on the football field unless something unbelievably unexpected happens. Penn State wants veteran offensive linemen. Knowing what you're doing and having guys out there that you've seen play, you're not looking to put three freshmen on the football field. So expect to see some combination of those guys out there. Okay, T. Frank, that's going to be it for quarter number one. We still have a lot more to hit on the transfer portal. Stick around. We are going to keep talking about this topic as we go into quarter number two. Stay tuned. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 